Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever, and this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? Good! I'm in the uh, full swing of fall. Mm -hmm. I have been reading my son Donald Duck Trick or Treat by Carl Barks. Holy shit. Which is one of these really tricked out Fantagraphics hardcover of all of the Walt Disney uh, Donald Duck comics. Mm. And it's where, you know, Donald Duck refuses to give Huey, Dewey, and Louie candy, so they get an actual witch to fuck Donald Duck up. Fuck. Wait, is this the same lady duck witch from DuckTales? No, it's not Magicka Dispel. It's mm. a... This is a Witch Hazel. Witch Hazel. I mean, legitimately, yeah. I do love that on DuckTales they named this witch fucking Magicka Dispel. Yeah. Like, that, you could tell that they, they had, like, waited until the end of the day to come up with that name. Like, uh, Magicka Dispel, I guess? Well, well, here's the thing. Carl Barks invented everything Donald Duck and mm -hmm. Scrooge McDuck outside of cartoons before he started writing the comic. Oh. Have you ever read these these old Disney comics? No, I I never read those Disney comics. I think uh, the only Disney property that I read with any degree of regularity was like Disney Adventures when I was a kid. Yes. Yeah, this was way earlier than that. So it gets crazy because Carl Barks was writing this comic monthly and because it had to be a monthly adventure comic, he just does everything. Mm -hmm. So like in this comic Donald gets hypnotized with a hypnotized gun and he gets turned into a chipmunk as in he thinks he's a chipmunk and a woodpecker right. and also Scrooge McDuck hypnotizes him to be a bill collector and he uh, thinks he's a gorilla and beats the living fuck out of a guy to get Scrooge McDuck his dollar back. And then Scrooge McDuck is just leaning in and whispering, kill for me. And then it takes a bit of a turn after that. Yeah, yeah. The, no, but it does. And um, also, I need to talk to you about how Gladstone Gander is the fucking worst. Oh, wait. Gladstone Gander, is that like the Scottish-ass duck that Scrooge's nemesis is? No, you're thinking of Scrooge McDuck and Scrooge McDuck's uh, enemy, um... Glomgold. Glomgold, that's the one. Thank you. So Gladstone is Donald's cousin who's naturally lucky mm -hmm. and everything always happens. He's basically an X-Man, <laughs> but um, everything happens to him in good fortune as long as he doesn't try. Wow. So if he does try, then it gets completely cocked up and it, it doesn't work right. Yes. So... He's the worst because he always shows up and Donald Duck is like your uh, Joseph Campbell hero of a thousand faces, every man, mm -hmm. and is working hard in every panel to make a living. He's like a mailman and Gladstone is like, hey, Donald, mail this love letter to Daisy. And Donald's like, I have to, even though there's a blizzard because I'm a mailman. And That's fucking civic duty right there. Even though Gladstone's flexing on my lady, it is my my civil duty to, to do my job. <laughs> yeah, you know, like neither rain nor sleet nor snow nor getting cucked by a duck. <laughs> by a duck. Yeah, so so 
Gladstone Gander is the fucking worst. I mean, <laughs> like he, he is the he has like no incentive to be a good person. Like there's just... yeah, he's got that go home heat. He's like every time he shows up in these comics, I'm like ooh. <laughs> With go home heat, I'm just picturing him showing up like X Pac, like make some noise. Like this is this motherfucker shows up and you're you're already leaving. Yeah. So um, everyone listening at him. Oh, also, Witch Hazel is a human. Wait, what? Everyone else in Duckburg are goofy style dogs, and the Beagle Boys or ducks. But Witch Hazel is a human. <laughs> what? That's that's so fucked up. Like either she's like God's mistake, and she's just like a flesh homunculus, and like either she's the freak of nature, and everyone else is normal as anthropomorphic <laughs> animals, or she's the only person in a r- world full of anthropomorphic animals. I don't know which of those is the anomaly. <coughs> I'm this. Either way, I'm here for it, and it's perfect Halloween reading. <laughs> Fuck me. Ryan, also, the frequency in which dynamite is laying around in Donald Duck's house Just and everywhere. he gives it to children painted as candy or to uh, ogres or to anyone is shocking. Holy shit. He's just giving live explosives? Well, I mean, he does it with the, the witch um, makes a golem, an ogre, mm. uh to get the candy from Donald and he gives him a stick of dynamite painted like a like a um candy cane and it blows him up and Holy kills fuck. him. I mean, you know, billionaires handing out explosives shaped like candy to children feels extremely mood for 2018. <laughs> exactly. It's just like Jeff Bezos with like a claymore mine just spray painting it to look like a bum going, "Here you go, you little shit." The most harrowing strip in Donald Duck Trick or Treat is where Donald and Scrooge McDuck go out to dinner and they refuse to pay the bill. And it's like a 20-page comic strip where they're just waiting. And, like, the waiter's like, gentlemen, the restaurant is closed. It's midnight. Someone has to pick the bill up off the table. (laughs) And, And to avoid paying the bill, spoiler alert, Scrooge buys the restaurant and makes Donald clean dishes to pay off the bill. <laughs> Honestly, this just sounds like the setup to a joke like, don't go dining with ducks. They'll always leave you holding the bill. And then air horn noise. <laughs> like, that's that's the, the first thing. So wait, so um, so wait, so magic of dispel making a uh, golem. Is this, is this vaguely anti-Semitic or is that just... Well, it's an ogre. Like, it's actually called an ogre, and it is, like, a flesh creature. It's not (laughs) actual, like, golem lore. But it's made from a derby hat and the hair from a billy goat. So she, uh, a hideous flesh monster, constructs a larger, even more elaborate flesh monster. Okay, but but here's the thing. The ogre Mm -hmm. looks like a beagle like he looks like a beagle boy he's got that dog face of goofy and the beagle boys oh fuck so he just he looks like a like a meat beagle (laughs) that's the worst thing i've ever heard in my life honestly i feel for the denizens of duckburg like there's this is the shit that you have to look forward to on a tuesday life is like a hurricane here in duckburg (laughs) (laughs) there's a stranger out to find you and also it's a meat beagle not ponytails not cottontails my god what have we wrought on this earth (laughs) my god we are all god's madmen now Woo! (laughs) so speaking of ghoul shit have you heard the news about necromantic 
Uh, no, I have not heard what's going on with that. So you're familiar with Necromantic, the famed video nasty about corpse fucking? Oh, of course, of course. Um, Cult Epics is re-releasing Necromantic on VHS. There's so much I don't understand about this. Is So th- this is a VHS release. Like, Did they record it on Blu-ray and then transfer that to VHS? Or what's going on? It's on tape, Ryan. Ryan, it's on tape. <laughs> it was shot on tape. Oh. It was released on tape. You can get it on tape again. Mother of God. Here's what's Cocoa Bananas about this, though. They're only making 25 copies of each version. There's three what? versions. There's a box set that comes with like <laughs> lobby cards and a t-shirt and um, mm-hmm. it's signed and a sticker and all that. And there's only going to be 25 of those. And then there's going to be 25 each of two other covers Holy that they've fuck. made. So there's only 75 copies of this movie that are going to be made. Why? Honestly, it could be original copies that are just sitting in a warehouse. Mm. And they're like, you know... VHS is making a comeback. We can move these. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly, I feel like uh, of any period of history to be into weird, disgusting movies, this is a pretty good one. Like, you don't, you know, if you want to find, like, Necromantic on VHS, you don't even have to, like, make a deal with a guy to hang out in the Suncoast, like, parking lot to trade tapes for this shit. You can just find this shit on the internet. Like, I honestly... So wait, were they like re-recording it onto VHS from Blu-ray? It would be better if it was a, a they took like the master tape and just <laughs> It's just this guy in in his basement <laughs> dubbing tape. <laughs> and he can only do 75 because he only has that long before his mom <laughs> makes him get rid of all of these tapes. <laughs> So, coldepics.com is the only place you can get this stuff, and they're taking pre-orders. Mm-hmm. They also made 250 necromantic enamel pins that Ooh. definitely have that corpse squeezing naked titties. Right, yeah, the iconic skeleton house. And you can buy that on coldepics.com, too. Jesus Christ. So, speaking of bullshit quality, mm-hmm. let's talk about the wickedest witch that I found on Rare Halloween videos. Oh, the wickedest witch. This movie, I... Hmm. So, this... Okay, so this is, like, perfect synergy for me, because it's Rare Halloween videos, which, by the way, it's October, so they're updating again. There's new yes. videos being added. Okay. And Dinosaur Dracula, another of my favorite blogs... Um, posted this. This TV special aired once. One's all you need. And never aired again. I feel like there's a pretty good reason for that. Um, I mean, so obviously this is um, a giant piece of shit, but here's the thing. Pretty sweet puppets. Yeah, yeah. The puppets are very elf mm. by way of the Muppets. Oh, yeah. I, I, I need more people to see this because these these dragon lizard people are called Grievals, Mm. And my Twitter name currently is Grievel Knievel, and that's very clever, but no one gets it because they haven't seen this this special that aired once in the 1980s <laughs> and has never been on television since. That's outstanding. I I because I knew that the Grievel had like Grievel Knievel had to be about something, but I think you know honestly that's the place you occupy. Is that I just assumed this was a thing that like if you've made your Twitter handle Grievel Knievel. You could have just been making that bullshit up, and I would have no idea. I'm just like, yeah, I'm sure this is a reference to something obscure. So, 
stars Rue McClanahan. It certainly does. And also as a huge Golden Girls fan, I had to like look... I, I did not believe what I was looking at. That motherfucking Blanche is hanging out here. Yeah, yeah. So the premise of this movie is Honest? that Rue McClanahan is stuck living underground with these weird lizard people that are also into game shows because this is using the elf brush of comedy very broad very wide strokes um well and also i mean honestly rue mcclanahan being in this it made me very sad that like dude blanche what are you doing like she's just like winding up doing the wickedest wickedest witch how did it go so bad rue mcclanahan like i i want i'm angry at her co-stars for not reaching out to her and like asking what the fuck she's doing and for some reason halfway through like the the whole premise of this is that if mm-hmm. this witch can corrupt a child to be evil mm-hmm. she can rule the world again and not have to live underground with the grievels that checks out so a grievel kidnaps a you know average 10 year old and then there's a montage of Rue McClanahan trying to tempt the kid to be evil and kill Grievels. Jesus Christ. They play carnival games such as Toss the Grievel. <laughs> really underground, they just have a lot of really Grievel-centric games like Toss the Grievel, Shot Put the Grievel. Yeah, and then ultimately this kid is like, I can't do, I can't be evil and Rue Rue McClanahan is foiled, and that's like the end of it. It's how dare they? Yeah, it shouldn't have aired the one time. I get it now. <laughs> Just be- sometimes dead is better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's be real. Like Rue McClanahan being this isn't, uh, in this is the entire reason that we still know about uh, the Wickedest Witch, which mostly reminds me of Zelda Rubenstein being in um, the movie Teen Witch, which was like taking advantage of the Teen Wolf phenomenon. Have you have you seen Teen Witch? I haven't seen Teen Witch. Oh, buddy. Okay. All right. So Teen Witch, uh, that's a that's a stay tuned for, for sure on this podcast. Um, Teen Witch is remarkable for a couple of reasons. The biggest one is that it has a white children rapping scene that's just... Say no more. <laughs> <laughs> you had me at white children rapping. <laughs> it's, fucking, it's fucking transcendent. Um, I would say The Wickedest Witch is better than Spooky World because those puppets are very good. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. But it's not as scary as The New Adventures of Beans Baxter. <laughs> so I think it should go at number 273. 273 is pretty respectable. Although, honestly, I love that our list has Beans Baxter on yeah, it. Yeah. It's so good. This is the weirdest of all of the weird off the beaten paths we've gone on yeah rare halloween videos is oh, like it's so good well and our uh, friendly rival podcast uh, scream scene um they were talking about um you know they, they've got a somewhat stricter set of criteria for what qualifies as horror there was some property that they were like asking hey does, is this is this horror and yeah and i being myself on twitter said yes it's always a horror movie <laughs> yeah you just yeah everything listen this is the list that has fucking 205 lives halloween match this is we've got curious george a halloween boo fest like i love that this is the podcast where we're like which is better ichi the killer or spooky buddies and we need to figure hey, this out i have i have standards diamond ned flanders <laughs> yeah you do well, and the, um, I, I would say that, like, the top 30 or 40, um, or so of our list are, like, unassailable proper classics. Like, this isn't just us fucking around talking about, like, Japan Nail Hell Deathmatch 1994. Like, it's a pretty, it, it, it gets pretty good, I think, toward the top 30. 
Yeah, it's the bottom stuff that's fun to mm, clown on. Actually, roll around in the muck and say. Yeah, which speaking of rolling around in the muck, so the first movie we're going to be talking about today uh, that I uh, cannot wait to find out how I feel about um, is the most recent uh, puppet puppet master movie, uh, Puppet Master: The Littlest Reich, which. As you guessed it, is about tiny uh, Nazi toys that commit hate crimes, and also apparently not the most recent puppet master Nazi movie. We, which let's talk about. Are we slipping? Like, <laughs> I feel like we might be. We try to be cutting edge, but they literally are making puppet master movies faster than we can physically watch oh and talk about. Oh my god, they just will not stop. They are just yeah, constant releases, especially with Puppet Master, which is like their like flagship franchise, I think, for Full Moon. And um, so there's like a full moon uh, releases like straight to VOD platform that you can just stream all of this shit. Um, and like a part of me wants to clown on that because of paying to have access to all the full moon releases, but also hit me up if you have a lock <laughs> <laughs> because I desperately need access to the entire full moon catalog. It's like having a service that brings Malto meal bag cereal like directly to your doorstep. Who among us would not subscribe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, sometimes you need uh, marshmallow mateys and frosted mini spooners and tutti fruities, giant bags of it brought to your door. Not with the unwashed masses. No, 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 no I'm not trying to stand in line to get my bag cereal, which is a lot like Puppet Master: The Littlest Reich. Yes, The Littlest Reich, R-E-I-C-H. That's that's the kind of movie we're, we're okay. About here. So it's called The Littlest Reich in 2018. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta tell you, under the harsh light of 2018 with the uh, uh, resurgence of uh, fascism in America and the general flirtation with Nazi imagery, <laughs> I mean, it's, um, it's not it's not great. It's canonically, the, the puppets are tied to Nazis. Like, right. from its first film, mm-hmm. Nazis are part of the Puppet Master mythos. Right, from Jump Street, this was a, a Nazi joint. And shit, I mean, I honestly, the Puppet Master franchise is one of those that I'm embarrassed to like, because first of all, it's not good, but I've been watching it basically since I was a kid, because um, I watched it as a kid, and the, the eel lady imprinted herself on my brain like a baby duckling. Um, and honestly, with Puppet Master, like what? There was um, a Nazi-themed Puppet Master movie last year. This, this franchise has gone through some shit, is what I'm saying. And I can't even believe I'm going to say this. Puppet Master The Littlest Reich. Pretty good? It's not bad. Like, it's... No, actually very good, maybe? Yeah, it's... Maybe not. Pretty fucking good. I honestly... Okay, so uh, this is... Quincy, this is the life we've chosen for ourselves. Uh, Puppet Master The Littlest Reich. Let's get into some of the stuff about it. Like, it's literally a movie about puppets being telepathically commanded to commit hate crimes by a Nazi. Yes, they are powered by... A psychic Nazi zombie. Yeah, played by fucking Udo Kier, by the way. Like, this movie has some really fucking good actors in it. Like, uh, yeah. Thomas Patrick Lennon, the guy that played uh, Lieutenant Dangle on Reno 911. Like, and Barbara Crampton is in it. Yes. For no apparent reason except she's delightful. <laughs> yeah, she's here entirely so that everybody can look at it and go, ah, man, I fucking love Barbara Crampton and everybody. Like, honestly, if it's a late franchise entry in, in your Puppet Master franchise, the least you can do is get Barbara Crampton on the horn to be, like, a, a, a playing a tour guide who just shows up to be Barbara Crampton, as we all admire Barbara Crampton for being Barbara Crampton, which is the natural state of affairs for Barbara yeah, Crampton. Yeah, they, they should. Yeah. So, like... The premise is that 
everyone has these these puppet master dolls laying around from all of the previous movies, mm-hmm. and people start selling them at a convention. Right. And then they just, you know, one of them looks like a little Nazi, and they just, you know, start uh, killing people, as, you know, because they're, they're tiny demonic Nazi toys. And so they start committing hate crimes where they start um, attacking anybody who is, like, disabled or queer or a person of color. And, like, here's the thing. I really like this movie in a lot of ways, but I also entirely understand if in 2018 you're looking at a thing like Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, and how full of Nazi shit it is and go... No, nope, I'm good. Yeah, it's very weird. It doesn't know what tone it wants it wants to have yeah. because it also casts Thomas Lennon and Michael Pare. Right. Um and it casts Charlene Yee in yeah. this role, a prominent role. What in the fuck is Charlene Yee doing in this film? I'm excited that she's here, but Yeah, yeah. And so it's like we're being very funny, and we have a character named Cuddly Bear. <laughs> Fucking Cuddly but Bear. But also, here's a extended scene of a baby being ripped out of a pregnant woman's womb mm-hmm. by a puppet. Yeah, because you want, you want that. Although, I'm not going to act cool here. There is a scene in this movie that I appreciate a lot, and it's going to make me sound like a terrible person, but... Um, I mean, this is, again, the life we've chosen for ourselves is doing this podcast. There is a scene in here where a guy is uh, standing up, taking a piss. He gets decapitated. His head tumbles into the toilet while he's still standing upright, peeing onto his own severed head. And I went, huh. It's pretty good. (laughs) That and the child who is trying to be rescued by Cuddly Bear, and he... um, what he runs into the building for safety and looks down and the hand he's holding is been disconnected from the child. Hell yeah. We're killing kids in this movie. Well, and this is the question that I have is like, uh, so between that and the, I'm pissing on my own decapitated head scene. Um, I mean like we're what 300 movies deep into our list of every single horror movie ever that we're watching for this podcast. Have we just become completely like dried out husks of people i no, because i'm not drinking enough water recently <laughs> that's the bottleneck on this <laughs> <coughs> we just yeah listen we're we're not uh, hydrated enough to i mean it's not in good taste no. but sadly there is so much in worse taste that this is like a refreshing breeze compared to like STD zombies or, oh, yeah. you know, the revenge thriller where aborted babies are the killer that have grown up because they lived in a dumpster. Jesus. Jesus. I'm describing real movies, people. Yeah. We haven't covered them on this show because... <laughs> We set the rule that we have to watch the whole movie, and yeah. these are ones that I have <laughs> stopped watching yeah. because they offended me so much. Could not do it. Well, in a movie like this, I you know, it's actually got some kind of heart, and it's nothing like you know, Night of Something Strange, which we watched all the way through to completion. It's our, it's three oh five. It is the last movie <laughs> on our podcast. It's better than that. Yeah, no, this is definitely better than that. And, I mean, for everything that I like about uh, Puppet Master the Littlest Strike, God, every time I say that fucking full title, um, I, at the end of the day, for me, I'm like, maybe there are some things a Puppet Master sequel shouldn't play around with, like, maybe the Holocaust. Yeah, like, like there, there's this whole plot point where this one guy says, actually, 
uh, being Jewish and collecting Nazi memorabilia is my way of fighting against, you know, to, for, to tell Hitler that we won. Right, they're like, yeah, fuck you, Hitler. And then, like, yeah, Markowitz, the character who is cracking wise, mm-hmm. is like, no, my grandfather you know, died in the camp standing up for people, so this is my turn. Yeah. Okay, so so I think this kind of answers it. Okay. The Puppet Master posters, like the newest one, whose name escapes me because there were so many, <laughs> Jesus. features prominent iron crosses and SS bolts. Like, Ooh, just trading really heavily. It's not even a, this is Nazis, but we want to move away because that's a not cool thing in 2018. It's just like a, hey, right. this is a cool thing. And like... I hate to say this because I love horror so much and there's so many good people in the horror community, mm-hmm. but there's also so many trash edgelords that I <laughs> yeah. just can't with them. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty much the, the entirety of the horror, horror community is those, those two groups. Yeah, so where do you want to put this on the list? Is it better or worse than Curious George's <laughs> Halloween Boofest? <laughs> now we're fucking talking. <laughs> yeah, let's get down to the really important movies. Um, I don't know why my all right. So my criterion, uh, my criterion for this, um, what was the name of the monster from? Oh, oh no, noggin from Curious George. Which one was no scarier? Noggin. Which is scarier, no <laughs> noggin or Nazi? Holy shit! Um, all right. So actually, I think the thing that I'm going to be ranking uh, here for me is uh, which which do I like more? The surprisingly bitchin' soundtrack on Curious George: A Halloween Boo Fest, or the scene in Puppet Master: The Littlest Strike where the guy accidentally pees on his own severed head. Ryan, the swing revival never went away. <laughs> Certainly not in it my It just heart. moved to children's television. <laughs> um, okay, so in case you all haven't listened to the Curious George episode, there's a song in a Halloween Boo Fest where the singer literally says, is talking about all the things that are great about fall, and he sings, give me a piece of that pie. <laughs> That classic fall thing, just, you know, pie. Pumpkin pie is here. Give me a piece of pumpkin pie. A winning party platform. So not only would I put Puppet Master The Little Strike above uh, that, I think I would also put Puppet Master uh, The Little Strike above Good Tidings because it is any kind of a movie. Okay, counterpoint. It's watchable. Curious Georgia Halloween Boo Fest just got a tricked out DVD release that has a glow-in-the-dark slipcover. Ooh, shit, that does change the equation. So, by the way, uh, run to your local Walmart or Target or Walgreens or wherever you get 5 to $12 DVDs, and you, can, you too can pick up this best <laughs> movie of the Halloween season. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, I also think that uh, this movie is probably better than Murder Party. Really? You think it's better than Murder Party? I do, I do, I think. Uh, well, I mean, at the very least, like, Murder Party just seems like it's mostly um, a very 2007 movie where it's everybody screaming, like, meh, fucking hipsters, and this has Nazi puppets. And it was a mid-2000s movie, so, like, in 2007 it was very prescient when that movie came out. Yeah, it was. Um, I just legitimately, I don't know that I've um, seen a lot of movies like Puppet Master, The Littlest Rank. Like, it's, uh, as soon as the credits rolled, I realized that I had no idea how to feel about the thing I had just watched. 
it's probably better than Body Melt. Yeah, it's probably better than Body Melt, and it's probably better than, I would say, Five Knives. Now, here's the problem with that. Mm -hmm. You're saying it's better than Heavy Metal. (sighs) Ooh, that doesn't sound right. Have you watched that bomber zombie scene recently? That movie rules. No, yeah, I fucking love Heavy Metal. Um, A, as a kind of, I snuck out of bed when I really shouldn't be watching this classic, and also as a kind of, you know... I can chill out and watch the heavy metal, like, 70s movie without maybe thinking about fascism for, like, five seconds, which cannot be said about Puppet Master The Littlest Reich. But the crucial question here, is Puppet Master The Littlest Reich better or worse than You're the Hunter from the Future? You're the Hunter from the Future has that banging disco track. Mm, yeah. This doesn't have any disco <laughs> that sings about the titular hero of the film. That's a really good point. Um, It is also better than The House of Usher, I think. Oh, for sure. So, not too shabby. Shout out to RLJE Entertainment for uh, sending us a screener of Puppet Master the Little Strike. You can still catch this movie on VOD, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Amazon Prime, I want to say. Um... Listeners, email us and tell us what you actually use to stream movies. Like, if you decide you're going to rent something, do you use Amazon, or do you buy it on iTunes, or Google Play? Like, what do you actually use? You know, feel free to shoot us an email and let us know. That's rankandvilecast at gmail.com. Or if, you know, you have a a full moon uh, release of streaming service uh, login. (laughs) Say hi. Yeah, say hi. So Let us know. Holy shit, to the next movie. Speaking of other movies I don't know how to feel about, let's talk about Bloodfest. Holy shit, Bloodfest. Okay, so Bloodfest, which was uh, released this year by uh, Rooster Teeth? Rooster Teeth, who gave us a screener. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, guys. Rooster Teeth, best known for Red vs. Blue? Yeah. Like, when I saw that it was that Rooster Teeth, like, yes, it is actually that Rooster Teeth. So, Quincy, give me give me impressions off top. How did your gut feel about Bloodfest? I like that it's an hour and 30 minutes of giving me a swirly as a horror movie fan. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. First of all, it's a tight 90, and then also it's just mean. It is shoving me in that locker. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, and so the plot of the thing is that it's like a, a, a sort of a evil amusement park where it's this uh, kid who's just a, a he's a real gore hound, man. He's a, he's a big he's a big horror guy. And he ends up going to this thing that's like Coachella, but for getting murdered. And he um, goes to this place and it's like, oh, no, there's like this guy running the whole place that just releases like uh, Motel Hell style pig masked chainsaw dudes. It's um, it's basically the director saw Haunters and also saw a <laughs> infomercial for The Gathering and uh, said, let's make a movie of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole thing, um, it's, I don't know. So um, this uh, horror kid, he goes to Bloodfest after being like admonished by his like moral majority dad. They're like, bruh, it's all degenerates. And uh, so the kid goes there with his, I want to say, sister? <laughs> it's his friend because the sister is actually shows up later in the movie. That's right. And so this kid, um, you know, like there's the, uh, he's at Bloodfest and there's like this big beardy uh, guy in a top hat who's sort of the ringleader for the whole thing. And he's like standing up at the the front of the stage surrounded by the, the pig mask chainsaw guys. And he's like, ah, horror became too friendly and accessible. We put Freddy Krueger on lunchboxes. We need to make horror scary again. 
And um, so this kid who kind of looks like Dane DeHaan, like a like a sad Dane DeHaan. He does. He looks like <laughs> he's not a bad actor. No, he just no. has an unfortunate yeah face, familiar face. Well, and so uh, he looks basically like uh, uh, Tiny Tim goes to Horrorland. Now, this movie does a thing that I don't know if I've ever actually seen it done well in a horror movie where um, the the character is, like, dangerously genre-savvy, or all the characters are, and it's like, yeah, you know, these kids watch horror movies, and basically the idea is that, you know, you've got to, as long as you follow all the rules, then you might make it out of this park alive, and it, like, d- doesn't actually give you any legitimate rules within the thing. Like, they just sort of decide, like, you know, that you have to use your genre-savvy to try to get out, and it abandons the rules pretty much immediately. Yeah. Yeah, and and the rules don't even like it establishes rules that this film acts like a horror movie, mm-hmm. and then everything in it doesn't follow those rules. Exactly right, and it's sort of like if you're going to flout those rules and uh, or you know subvert them, then actually subvert them or do anything interesting with them. Um, it reminds me of like this bit from Scream Four that bugs me, uh, where um, one of the the lesser Culkins, I want to say Kieran Culkin who is in Scream 4, um, he's, like, they're, they're going over, like, the new rules for how to survive a horror movie, and uh, one of the rules he gives is, like, in order to survive a modern horror movie, you pretty much have to be gay, and it's like, th- this is Kevin Williamson trying to be cute. The problem is that I can't think of a single horror movie where that was actually a thing where it's like, well, I mean, the gay characters survived. And, and like, to fix the problem, all they would have to do is say hi, you can't get me because I'm a virgin, and right. the killers say, this isn't a horror movie, and stab him. Right, exactly. Like, don't be so childish, or something like that. Right. But they don't even do that. No, they don't. Um, I, I feel like this movie was maybe made by people who don't like horror very much. Yeah, and and that's I think that's the maybe the tone issue I have with it, is it's it's less laughing with me and more mm-hmm. laughing at me it's the big bang theory problem oh uh, yeah it's exactly that and it's also um i feel like a lot of movies that try to do the meta thing first of all it's like they learned the word meta and got really excited and don't actually know what it means and i feel like a lot of horror movies that try to be meta horror um they think that acknowledging that horror movies exist in this universe qualifies as meta right and it doesn't and like there's this weird backstory that barely works where it is a real horror universe because the kid's mom gets killed by a serial killer who watched horror movies or something. (laughs) Basically the main character's mother gets killed by Michael Myers Yeah. or, or a, you know, Michael, Macklemore Myers. Michael Myers. Yeah. Kills his mom (laughs) at the, at, at the beginning of the movie and sort of sets everything off. Dr. Lumineers. Hey. <laughs> oh. Tr- true horror. Hey, it's, it's the boogeyman. <laughs> Fuck. But yeah, so um, the movie progresses, and this kid, like, he keeps flashing back. It's like, oh no, his his father is upset because his wife was killed by a guy who was all hopped up on the horror. You know, like, th- this guy watched a bunch of horror movies and then decided to do a horror on someone. And the problem that I want this movie to figure out is that, like, look... If this is going to be a ridiculous parody of the thing, either you care about these characters or you don't, and you need to pick which one you want me to do. 
Like, if you spend the whole time telling me that horror is stupid and these characters are stupid, don't try to get me in on some pathos. Um, this movie also can't figure out who it wants its villain to be, and it just sort of continually changes it up. Yeah, yeah. The Because the movie keeps doing it, actually, this is what's going on. Right. No, actually, this is what's going on. And it's like, just tell me what's... Stop pulling the rug out from under me. It's no. Don't yeah. Do it. Yeah. Honestly, unless you're the movie Clue, fuck off with that. Like that's <laughs> you, you literally. Unless you are actually literally the movie Clue, you don't get to do that. Actually, this is what happened. Hey, filmmakers, make Clue or get the fuck out of here. <laughs> make Clue or get the fuck out of here. Um, and then so the kid, uh, so um, Sad Dane DeHaan's dad. Um, this was all his doing, and he was actually the like the man behind the man with the. Um, the the beardy guy who's running everything and he's doing all of this so that people will blame horror movies and people won't want to make horror movies anymore because people died it's um criminally stupid the thing is uh the thing that i was prepared for this movie to be and was excited for it to be was just for it to be a sort of like kid cuisine of different horror genres that like because the park is split up into like torture land and zombie land and all of this and 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 so you know i was kind of i was kind of hoping for like all right and here's the uh uh the uh the the tepid sweet corn of um the torture porn genre and then you know, the characters have to jump over here to the fucking half-melted brownie of, like, 80s slashers, and, you know, and the idea that I, I wanted, you know, like, sure, even if it's, like, a self-indulgent, like, this horror fan has to use his genre savvy to get out of this horror theme park, like, I thought it was kind of dopey, but that would be fine, but it didn't even do that. Yeah, it's a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Yeah. However, it does have a very good use of the song All Star by Smash Mouth. It certainly does. You know what that moment was? Um, it was. Uh, it's like when you watch one of the really bad live-action Mortal Kombat movies, and like they're a slug to get through because they're like sort of elaborate porn parodies that had a budget. Um, but you know, like you're, you're sort of you're sleepy, you're trying to get through the movie, and then you get that Mortal Kombat, and you're just like suddenly fucking pumped, and that's how I felt about Smash Mouth. Did you have a Casio keyboard growing up? I did have a Casio keyboard growing up. Did yours have the Mortal Kombat preset, or was that just mine? Yeah, it was like that sort of chimey noise, like the... Yeah, I used to just play that as if it was a stereo. <laughs> Which I think feel like is the entire reason that was created. While my father paced in the other room and said, we paid for piano lessons for what? <laughs> for you to do the dog barking sound effect to the tune of chopsticks? This is bullshit. <laughs> um... So then, uh, yeah, so Smash Mouth is happening, and then there are vampires, kind of, for some reason. It can't decide on whether or not it wants the supernatural to exist. Yeah, yeah. So, is it a good movie? Uh, no, certainly not. No, no, it's not. But uh, I, there are bits of this movie that I thought were kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. It is a movie that I hesitantly recommend yeah i liked bits of it um i think that uh, a lot of it is sort of like i would recommend it to somebody who's already pretty solid in their love of horror but if it's somebody who's maybe kind of new to the genre or doesn't really care about it a lot i i, I just can't see that being particularly fun 
Well, it's the whole argument for why you shouldn't watch the Treehouse of Horror Simpsons if you've never seen The Shining. Right. Because you'll 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 get it wrong. Right, and also you need like that crucial context for why this is interesting or important or good. Like you need the context before you can watch the thing riffing on it. Which I don't totally agree because I was raised by Tiny Toon Adventures. So. <laughs> right, which is also, I mean, Animaniacs. I, I feel like all of the pop culture I would eventually get into I saw first on Animaniacs. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I always want to tell people, you've seen Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I've, I keep meeting a lot of people who are like, I don't know that movie. I've never seen it. Why is it your favorite? I was like, because you've seen it even if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, everybody's basically seen Frankenstein, whether or not they've seen it, because they've uh, just the cultural miasma yeah. that it's a part of, the like, all of the, all of the Frankenstein bits. It's in everything. Um, so with Bloodfest, I think that's one of my, ma- my main beefs is that it yeah. can't let me know whether or not to care about it because it sort of tells me constantly not to care about it but it, it just i don't know it can't commit to either being a sincere like homage to horror or a mean mean-spirited riff on it it's not funny it's not scary like it cannot really figure out what to do with itself yeah and and the only character i can really identify with is the well besides the kid from spider-man homecoming who's in this movie too yeah krill um is and that's just because spider-man homecoming (laughs) he really doesn't get any characterization no it's just hey that guy's in this movie no yeah that and this movie is like way this movie thinks that i am way more invested in whether or not these teens fuck than i am like yeah it just this yeah. kid it's just, just it's constantly trying to like oh he's a virgin and maybe he's gonna get fucked and it's like i just want to go home i do like the guy who is, is is every horror actor who is at a convention because that's his livelihood now oh yeah and everyone's like you should know what to do he's like no i'm an actor <laughs> who was in a dumb movie in the 80s stop acting like i am something more than that <laughs> yeah yeah mostly because i just I, I love sort of picturing like dick warlock or someone just like getting some fucking nerd hole coming out to the minicon it's like oh my god you know that iconic moment and it's like you're describing a job that this guy had like decades ago <laughs> <coughs> frankly they should i wonder if they tried to land kane hodder and they couldn't get him yeah i honestly like kane hodder i i bet he didn't even fucking big time them or anything i'm sure it was just like he was doing something else because like the guy he'll 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 show up you yeah. know he was he was doing another shoot yeah honestly i struggle to picture kane hodder big timing anybody <laughs> like that guy he's he he's just the sweetest fucking guy in the world like he'll he will show up i'm sorry he did the spooky world vhs thing. <laughs> he, he will do anything if you ask him nicely <laughs> if he'll do spooky world he'll do anything is this movie better or worse than the the new Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich? <sighs> Fuck. Fuck. Um, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. I think uh, Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich had like a, a, a sense of clarity that maybe this movie doesn't have. It, it had the guts to stand up to its weirdly racist conviction. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. This is the movie about puppets committing hate crimes, so I don't want that to get buried in the mix here. Like, that is absolutely a part of it. Um, but yeah, it, 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 you know what that movie's about and it goes for that one thing. And it surprised me in a way that like Bloodfest, I feel like uh, 
promised one thing and didn't really deliver on it. Like it gave me this thing that I, you know, that I, I, it didn't even, it didn't surprise me and it didn't fulfill my expectations. So it didn't really do anything for me. So what's a bigger disappointment? The real Chainsaw Massacre, which involves no chainsaws whatsoever? <laughs> None. Or hell, or um, Bloodfest? Yeah, I feel like between the two of those, I gotta go with Bloodfest. Also because Bloodfest has the guy that does the voice of Flynn Rider and Tangled getting his throat cut in a horror movie by Rooster Teeth, so that's fun. Um, and not to be, you know, I, you know, to be mildly spicy, I think, you know, it's a better movie than this. I think Vampire in Brooklyn is a better movie than Bloodfest. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, like, at least because Vampire in Brooklyn, it's part of, like, a larger conversation about, like, Wes Craven's oeuvre and, like, sort of ridiculous, like, sort of fun failure movies, I guess. Yeah, and Linnea Quigley is in Gorgon Video Magazine. Oh, hell yeah. So, I'd say it goes as number 206 right above real uh chainsaw massacre all right so coming in at our new number 206 is Bloodfest by yes apparently rooster teeth so we are constantly posting on twitter at rank and Vilecast. we have an instagram at rank and vile we have a playlist on youtube of every horror movie rap song that we can think of let me clarify that rap tie-ins so that's actually raps that are on soundtracks not just every grave diggers song ever although we do like the grave diggers too um we so that's just you that's youtube rank and volcast um if you just search us you can find us uh we are on letterboxd at what's the letterboxd username oh uh just rank and vile just rank and vile um other social media we're on it if you think of a social media platform you want us to be on, um, shoot us an email at rankandvilecast at gmail.com. Yeah, that's... Um, we might have to find some time to do it, but we are amenable to that. Yeah. Yeah, but barring that, that uh, that's all I got. Have a good week, folks. Stay spooky. <laughs>